and welcome back to Real Clear with Dr. Klein, the crossroads of politics and psychology. If you would like to listen to ad-free episodes and have access to daily and weekly releases, essays, and other membership perks, and you also want to help in the production of this program, go to realclearpodcast.com and click subscribe. There are a lot of places in this world where you can put your money, and so I thank you for considering membership to realclearpodcast.com. I hope you enjoy this next episode. And welcome back to Real Clear at the beginning of 2024. We're going to start the year off, of course, with what I'm paying attention to, and that centers around what I think is important. I'm going to release an interview I held with a colleague, a very esteemed colleague, this week or next, and then I'm also going to release another interview that'll be very entertaining about a law enforcement officer and her story to tell, again, either this week or next week, so stay tuned. And now for what I think is important in the first couple days of this new year. William Barr, who was the Attorney General under President George H.W. Bush, and then again under President Donald Trump, wrote an article for the Free Press, that's Barry Weiss's Substack account, basically, uh, where he entitled it, I Oppose Trump and Any Efforts to Ban Him from the Ballot. And it's a great article, and he captures my positions as well. As most of you listening know, I do not think Donald Trump is good for the country or is a wise candidate for the GOP, and I think he's wildly out of control, definitely not the best candidate, and yet he needs to be able to stand at the ballot box if he in fact is going to be the nominee, which it looks like he will be. Barr goes into great detail about the suspicions that I had when I brought this story to you a few weeks ago. In fact, uh, Donald Trump has not stood personally for trial in a criminal manner. Uh, One intelligent listener commented to me and messaged me that there was a lower court decision. That's true, but that was not a criminal prosecution of President Trump. And so therefore, what is the lower court decision based on, in my opinion, based on speculation? Barr goes into great detail. He also helps us understand that it is the federal government who must bring forth a case like this for any public office holder, as the 14th Amendment is not self-executing, and he explains why that is. That was my suspicion the whole time. You can't go from these state prosecutions to the 14th Amendment and believe that it somehow actualizes from the state. And so we'll see what happens with the federal prosecution of former President Trump. A much more important story, broadly, aside from our political disorder that's growing, is what is called the Welfare Industrial Complex, and you can find this in a Wall Street Journal article by Alyssa Finley. I will link to her article in the show notes. And what it generally points out is that the expansion in employment in the United States has been, in large part, and especially in blue states, driven by government and social assistance and healthcare workers entirely. I quote, Drill into the nation's 3.7% unemployment rate, and you'll find a growing welfare industrial complex beneath the seemingly strong labor market. Government, social assistance, and healthcare accounted for 56% of the 2.8 million new jobs over the past year, and for nearly all gains in blue states such as New York and Illinois. Finley points out our staggeringly increasing numbers in illegal immigration, which require, again, staggering social support in monetary and occupational senses. In New York City, they're spending about $400 per day, $140,000 a year, to house and feed each migrant. 
and in Los Angeles, it's even worse. We also have a growing number of homeless and mentally ill people who are inhabiting our streets as though they are mental facilities. California and New York, between 2019 and 2023, accounted for over half of the increase in the nation's homelessness. Of course, one must imagine that California's nanny state as well as weather would beckon anyone. A nonprofit in Orange County has calculated about $86,000 a year as the cost to take care of each homeless person. And where does this cost largely generate from? It generates from their wanton use of emergency room for unfettered medical care as well as for their overdoses. In Los Angeles, they're spending almost $900,000 to build a single housing unit for a homeless person. Yes, you heard that correctly. Almost $900,000 to build a single homeless housing unit. How much does your house cost? And with the increasing number of people who, quote, need, unquote, support in the form of the homeless and mentally ill, as well as the millions of illegal immigrants that we've imported, the article goes on to state what I think we all intuitively know, is that you're going to need to expand the administrative state to provide care workers, for this growing population. And that's where the industrial welfare complex comes in. All of this new spending means new state-funded or state-contracted jobs. Quote, Government, social assistance, and health care made up most, and in some cases more than all, of the new jobs over the past year in California, 61%, New Jersey, 81%, Oregon, 89%, Michigan, 113%, Illinois, 113%, and New York, 121%, unquote. Can you believe that? Take the wax out of your ears. I just read to you that over 100% of any job growth in Michigan, Illinois, and New York, and almost 100% in Oregon and New Jersey, came entirely from government expansion. Meanwhile, Texas is running an $18.3 billion budget surplus and has a very low amount of this expansion compared to those other states. And how could this be? Texas has the largest influx of illegal immigrants in the nation. Well, they don't tolerate the kind of wanton social support that the blue states do. They may have other state problems. There may be less desirable aspects of Texas, depending on your positions, but this is not one of them. And the numbers go from 34% for Texas to 48% for Georgia in terms of government-assisted and contracted jobs for government social assistance and health care. And so, ironically... President Biden and the Democratic Party have these red states to thank for the expansion of private sector jobs. I don't imagine they got a Christmas card thanking them for their contribution. And so we're all here talking about nonsense on social media, talking about sex and gender and so forth. And that's what we fight about socially. But is anyone paying attention to these actual economic problems? No, they're boring. They include numbers. They're just not very sexy topics. And so we ignore them. After all, we're just playing with Monopoly money, right? So it doesn't matter if we have $43 billion in the March 2021 COVID bill earmarked for the homeless. It doesn't matter. This is just Monopoly money. It doesn't matter that we're spending almost $900,000 to build a homeless unit, where for the rest of us, we would build a palace for that. I guess it doesn't matter that we're relying on false information to claim that we have a great unemployment rate, where it's propped up on nonsense on government employment and expansion of the supportive nanny state. I guess it also doesn't matter that we're using inflation numbers that don't include the cost of energy. 
when energy is the very thing, the first factor, if you will, that causes other things to increase in price. What did you all expect from me? Did you expect a bright-eyed and bushy-tailed start to the new year? You don't know me at this point, do you? 2023 had to end on critical gloom, and 2024 should start the same. I'm about consistency, folks. No matter. You can focus on the 90210 person actor who was attacked by bikers in Los Angeles. You can focus on plagiarism from the Harvard president, which she did do it to a striking degree. You can focus on all these other uh, rather peripheral stories, and we can all just sit here watching our nation float away on a bed of Monopoly money and turn back to stories about an airline passenger who flipped out and was caught on video and posted to Instagram. Because that matters. Meanwhile, we seem to be dead set on electing one of the two least fit candidates who could possibly run for office on either side, and sidelining the perfectly eligible candidates on the GOP side, including Nikki Haley, Ron DeSantis. I'm not going to include Chris Christie or my old flame Ramaswamy. I liked him when he first started out, but he's turned into quite a clown. Maybe he'll be on the cabinet or something, but I don't know. Trump doesn't like two stars in one place, and I really hope Trump is not the candidate, but it seems like he's going to be. Will we ever depart from this man's self-absorption? Will we ever take a step away from the show and get back to pragmatics? Because after all, that's really what this story is about. It's about pragmatics slipping away while real values slip away with them. I think if we started from one issue, we would be able to revive this country, and that is this. What is the ethical amount to tax any individual, regardless of net worth? That's right. We need to get away from a progressive tax because I'm going to use this uh, dog whistle word from the left. It actually disenfranchises a lot of American citizens from being a fiduciary party to the United States future. If you don't have any skin in the game, you don't care about the game. And we've got half the country, at least, who don't pay taxes, have no concept of what it means to pay taxes. And so how could such a person ever meaningfully vote on tax increases or decreases when they're completely irrelevant to that issue? I think we should start from the question, what is ethical to tax any individual? Religions used to think it was 10%. 10% goes to God. Should more than 10% go to the government? Well, I'm not so sure. I actually think a 10% to 15% flat tax would be an excellent place to start. Your returns would be a postcard. Accountants are probably cursing my name right now. But I'll tell you what, almost everybody in America would get more conservative financially if this were the case. They'd say on the ballot, do you want to have taxes increase or decrease? So oh, it's going to be decrease. If you're making $30,000 a year and you've got to pay 10 to 15% taxes on your net earnings, you're going to become kind of a financial miser, aren't you? You're going to be an economizer. And of course, you could make the system reasonable. You wouldn't tax people at the lowest level of earning and so forth. But there would be an initiation point for a 10 to 15% tax rate, and it would basically be across the board. Everyone's paying it. Guess what would happen? People would become more economically conservative, like I mentioned, and they'd start to make rational decisions as to whether the expansion of the state is actually wise. They'd actually see people coming in illegally, breaking the law to be here, and demanding social support, and say, oh, I don't think so. No, that's not happening, because they'd be on the hook to partially pay for it. We've lost the game in this sense. America is divided on fighting over issues that only a select amount of people pay for. So you can live in a nanny state like New York or Illinois or California, and you can see this extreme expansion in healthcare and support workers for migrants and homeless, making up almost the entirety of your unemployment rate, and be not bothered by it. 
Let's say it's high time to create mechanisms through which everyone can be bothered by things that matter. Perhaps you could ask someone in an argument or conversation going forward when they're trying to tell you that you're just not humanitarian enough to keep on taking millions of people across the border who are going to require soup to nuts financial support and social support. Maybe you could ask that person, do you pay taxes? No, I don't. I don't recommend you do that. It's not going to work. But ask it in your head and it'll help you feel better about your own position. Okay, well, that's the story for the day, starting off the year pragmatically, focusing on what matters. Talk to you soon, folks. Be well.